Welcome to the Kesset Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and hope you enjoyed today's sermon. If you'd like to find out more about Kesset, you can head to kessetchurch.com or find us on Facebook. As dawn broke, he arose. Jesus was coming for his kingdom. Coming to save man from sin. Coming to crush the hold of death from within. Coming so man could live with him forever. But man's heart did not desire his saving grace. He came humbly on the unbroken foal of a donkey. As he entered the city, the people rejoiced, but Jesus wept. You see, the crowds didn't want forgiveness and mercy. They desired an earthly victory. They followed Jesus for misguided reasons. They followed his works, but denied the freedom in his words. He came for a spiritual kingdom, not of earth, but the kingdom of heaven. And though legions of angels knelt before him, he did not come to wage war on the Romans, but to wage war on religion. That cancerous hypocrisy driven by pride, which concluded that the sinner should be shamed and excluded. But these very sinners were the purpose of his crucifixion. Make no mistake, Jesus did not die a victim. He was instead the willing sacrifice for our sin. We worship Jesus today, not because of what he may do for us, but because of who he is to us, our King, our Messiah, and our God, who brought his kingdom through a cross, the heavy cross that pointed to a promise, a revelation, that one day will stand with every nation, tribe, and language. Palm branches lifted high, one voice united in a deafening cry, salvation belongs to our God. Jesus is here. His kingdom is here. Good morning, Kessa Church family. I'm so excited to spend this Palm Sunday with you all, uh, gathered all across our great city and even in some other states. And I found out last week, even in some other countries. So thank you very much for uh, tuning in to spend this Palm Sunday with us. Uh, For those of you who are new, my name is Danny. I'm one of the pastors here at Kesed. Uh, We are a church in Vancouver, Washington and the surrounding area. And we're we're really excited that you're here. Uh, We're gonna start off this week just like we have the last few weeks with a time of prayer. Uh, We have never received more prayer requests than in the last few weeks from those folks who are watching online. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure we are receiving in one week as many prayer requests as we received in a month or over prior to to this this entire virus outbreak. And so uh, we take those very serious. They're each and every one prayed for. They are are brought before the Lord. And uh, I know that right now, just talking with some of you throughout the week, 
that you are dealing with all kinds of things. Uh, you're dealing with layoffs. You're dealing with postponed surgeries. You're dealing with uh, uh, school uh, outings uh, being canceled and, and all kinds of different things. You're, of course, dealing, some of you, with sickness, and you've let us know that. And so we just, we just want to take some time before we get started any further and just go before our God and lay all of those at his feet. So let's do that now. Heavenly Father, I'm, I'm so uh, grateful that, that we have a God who is intimately connected to our needs. I am so aware that, that you are present in each of our stories, that you are meeting with us right now uh, in our front rooms, in our, in our kitchens, uh, on our patios, that you are aware, Lord, of all the things that are in our minds, all the things that are out of our control, all the worries, all the concerns, and that, God, you are present and that you are available. Lord, we just, we just lay all these things before you. We surrender ourselves to, uh, to the way, Lord, that you want to bring glory to, to you for the way that you provide. We don't have all the answers, Lord, but we know that you do. And so we just lift this time before you now. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. I like to imagine all the, the homes that are watching, people all inside their homes just saying amen together. Uh, I, I've I got to tell you guys, uh, this online avenue has, hasn't been the easiest for me. Uh, it's taken me a little while to get used to it. I think I'm still kind of getting used to it. But I will say that the response we got from last week's communion service, the whenever you, wherever you are with whatever you have communion, uh, was just mind-blowing. We had people, some people said it was the most powerful communion of their lives. I had multiple people write me and tell me that. Uh, I had a few pictures that I saw posted. I wanted to show them to you because it, a lot of folks took communion with lots of different things. Uh, here's a saltines and OJ. I thought that was an interesting choice. Or how about juice and crackers? Uh, and I thought that one was a pretty, pretty good one. And then the next one was wine and stale crackers. Uh, and then there was this one, tortilla and juice with a dog included. We both, we all know who that is, Justin and Deanna. Uh, club crackers and coffee is another one. Peanut butter saltines and vitamin water. Coffee and butter cookies, bacon and coffee. And then I think the one that, that is, was the furthest out was uh, Cheetos and OJ. Someone, someone took communion with Cheetos and OJ. And, and you know what? The idea that communion is symbolic, I don't think, can, can be felt ever in a, in a more powerful way than what we experienced last, last Sunday. When you are sitting there before your God, taking what you have and remembering that it is symbolic of, uh, of a really special thing that he did for all of us. And I, I hope that for some of you, maybe that communion has become a little dry. It's become a little bit more tradition than than, than, than a sacrament. I, I hope that for you, I know for me, uh, it really just touched my life that, that I could go before God with my, my Ritz crackers and my bottle of water and that I could remember his shed blood and his broken body and that the tools by which I was remembering were, were not nearly as important as just the remembering of his sacrifice for me. And so I just, I want to encourage you guys that as you're watching at home right now, that you, you recognize, although we cannot gather as a body, we are connecting. We are feeling God's presence and he is moving in the church. And yes, the physical building is, is shut right now. The doors are closed, but the church is very, very much alive 
And last week's communion and the response that, that, that we heard from that really points to the fact that God is moving and that God is using whatever is at hand to bring glory to himself. Uh, I want to remind you about one other thing before uh, I start the, the message portion here, uh, and that is the importance of sharing the service online. Uh, there was a little video that we had at the beginning of our service. I'll put it up on your screen right here. Uh, this, this is what's playing as the service gets ready to start, and it, it asks people to share. And, and really, this is basically truly inviting your friends to church these, these days. This is connecting with people in their homes. And so whenever you log on to either our 9 or 11 o'clock, or even if it, the recording passes through your feed later on, share the service. Uh, maybe make a comment. Maybe share something that... that, that uh, you experience that the Holy Spirit did uh, personally uh, through that time uh, in your life, but but share that service, share that experience, because this is how people are are finding uh, encouragement. This is how people are finding hope, and and for a lot of people without answers, this is a this is a way that God seems to be moving and uh, and using his church. So as you know, we're in our We the Church series. We're going to stay inside this series uh, all throughout Palm Sunday. Uh, we have a Good Friday service coming uh, up here soon, and then also through Easter. Uh, this whole series has been about us as the church really leaning into the fruits of the Spirit, these, these things that, uh, that, that show that the, that the Lord is working and that God is evident. It's based on Galatians 5, and 23, and the verse says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. These are things that are really results of the Spirit's working. This morning we'll be looking at the fruit of peace. Uh, peace is, is, is something that I think a lot of us would like to have right now. Uh, we'd like to experience it uh, really in a, in a powerful way because so much in our world uh, appears uh, without peace. And so uh, we're going to look at the, the story of when Jesus came into Jerusalem. You saw earlier in the video uh, before the message started, kind of that overarching story of when Jesus came into uh, that holy city, he, was, he knew that he was preparing uh, for his death that would, that would be soon, uh, but everybody else thought he was there for another reason. The passage specifically that I want to look to is the passage in Luke. It's Luke chapter 19, if you have your Bibles, and we're going to start with verse 28. The title of the story is The Triumphal Entry. And when he had said these things, he, being Jesus, went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he drew near to Bethphage, and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of the disciples saying, go into the village in front of you, where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away and found it just as he told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? Why are you trying to steal that from me? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And somehow this man knew that that was true. And so, of course, then the colt was offered, verse 36. And as he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he was drawing near, 
already on the way down the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This, uh, this is a, an interesting reading that I'm choosing to, uh, to pour over us today to represent Palm Sunday. If you look carefully at the appointed reading, unlike Matthew, Mark, and John, uh, you'll find that in this particular passage, within this particular gospel, the gospel of Luke, uh, there are no palms mentioned at all. As a matter of fact, there's really no greenery mentioned at all. You'll notice in Luke's account of Jesus's arrival in Jerusalem that it, it kind of has this, uh, this raw feel. It's different than the other writers. Now, one thing that is similar is that although Jesus is proclaimed as a king, it is clear that he is a very different sort of king from people's normal expectations. So this is the same as all the gospels, that he is there, like the video we saw, to, to meet the needs of all humanity but they think he is there to free them from oppression. They think he is there to free them from worry and, and stress and difficulty. But Jesus was there to meet their need for life. He was there to conquer death. He was there to be the king of life, the light of the world. You'll notice in the other three gospels, that uh, all of them are very focused upon uh, the people and their songs and the way in which they respond to Jesus. But one of the most striking features of the verses in Luke is the use of the word peace, specifically regarding those songs. It appears in Luke 19.38. I'll just put just that verse up. It says, they said this, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And there's that word, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now, just a little bit early, just a little bit later, just a little beyond our reading today, just verse 41 and 42 of the same chapter, there's the word peace again. And it says, when he, Jesus, drew near and saw the city, he wept over it saying, and this is what he said, would that you, even you had known on this day, the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Now, here's what's fascinating about this particular account of Jesus entering the city, that the account that we all celebrate every year called Palm Sunday. And it's this, that the word peace is not used at all in the Palm Sunday story as it is told by the other gospel writers. They don't mention the word peace inside their stories at all. It is clearly fundamental to Luke's understanding of the meaning of this event. Along with this, you'll notice in verse 29 and 37, more than any other gospel that Luke emphasizes that these events take place on the Mount of Olives. And so he's clearly reminding ancient readers and still us today that the olive itself is an ancient symbol for peace. All the writers would have known that. People who study this uh, know that this, this, this symbol of peace is, has been for, for many years, uh, this, this concept of an olive, this most widely recognized in the story of Noah and the olive branches representation of God's salvation. This is because Jesus was and always has been proclaimed our Prince of Peace. And that particular passage, that particular portion that Luke highlights is important for him. Now, the question becomes, do you think those who celebrated Jesus's entry into Jerusalem that day realized that they were proclaiming a Prince of Peace? 
Luke 19.38 says that they said, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. That's the verse we just read. And here's the thing, at first sight, it looks like within that song that they must understand that they are, that they are bringing in this, this, uh, this, this king of peace. But look a bit closer. Notice how the song sang at the arrival of Jesus's birth to Jerusalem is an ironic counterpoint to the song that is sung by the angels at Jesus's birth. Look at Luke 2:14. Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Notice the difference in those two passages. The angelic choir chanted peace on earth while Jesus's disciples while the crowd around him saying peace in heaven. Isn't that a fascinating thing? Especially since peace in heaven already exists. And so surely if you were to choose, you would probably choose to be on the side of the angels for it is peace on earth that we need and are called to struggle for still today. It's the angels at Jesus's birth that are highly proclaiming and rightly proclaiming the very reason for his arrival and that is peacemaking. That is why he came, our Prince of Peace. That is why we celebrate on this Palm Sunday because of the peace that he came and brought to this world. And yet, even as he entered the city, even as people chanted, he knew the thing that we know now, and that is that he will be met with immense hostility and trial unlike any before or after him. Even still unto this very day, peacemaking, is an activity that can be very costly indeed to those who are brave enough to engage with it. That's why peace really never comes without conflict. It never comes without turmoil. It never comes without struggle. It is something you have to decide to engage with. If you want harmony in your marriage, you have to engage with your own emotional health, your own emotional fears, your own struggles. If, if, you, wanna, if you wanna be financially balanced, you have to decide to go and be educated around the things you don't know. You have to decide to, to save, to hold back, to, to be in conflict with your desire to spend and, and have your needs met. If you wanna feel secure, you have to admit that so much in this world is out of our security. Jesus enters this hostile place and he doesn't just say, I am bringing you peace. He embodies peace. He embodies this, this idea that you have to sometimes, church family, enter into parts of your story that you never thought of facing in order to experience peace in all other areas of your life. Jesus knows all this. He knows the shadow of the cross is already stretched firmly across his path. Instead of green foliage, Jesus understands that the gospel that he is proclaiming will be strewn with rocks and stones, thirst and pain. And so in this powerful way, Jesus partners with all of humanity. He holds all of our known and unknown situations and needs he shoulders all of the things that we cannot and he carries on and he enters in. He moves and goes where no other person has gone and he changes 
the world forever. Now here's the thing, in your house and in my house, I know there's unrest. I know there's discord. I know that in, 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 in parts of our story, especially things that are being activated right now, there is peace being broken down. But here's the thing that I'm here to share with you this Palm Sunday. Jesus is still, he is still entering triumphantly. He is still moving into your front room. He is still moving into your heart. He is still moving into your story. And you may say, yeah, but, but it seems like there's a lot of voices and there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of difficulty and there's a lot of unknown. And I'm just here to encourage you based on this chapter, based on Luke wanting to highlight the fact that that seems to be the place where Jesus's peace is made known the best. He wants to sit in that difficult, that difficult spot. He wants to move with you in all of the things that you're trying to figure out. He wants to rest with you. He wants to lift you up. He wants to be your king and prince of peace. And so you've got to admit what you're feeling. You've got to recognize that at times it doesn't feel very peaceful in your heart or in your story. And then you've got to re realize that Jesus is an expert in that arena that that is what he has been doing. I mean, church, I'm sitting in an empty building right now, an empty building with a, with a camera guy that happens to be my cousin who's doing an amazing job, by the way. I'd have him come up here, but he'd have to get closer than six feet. Stay over there, Travis, I'm trying to close this thing down. I'm sitting in an empty building that is, that is so close to being done, so close to being able to have us gather. And yet I can tell you right now, as I sit in this space right now talking to you, I feel the peace of God in my life. I feel closer to him. I feel connected to him. And yet I need to admit this honestly, I don't have any answers. I don't know how long this is gonna take. I don't know as I, as I read this and as I teach these New Testament events to you during this particular week, I, I honest to goodness don't know if our situation is gonna get better before it gets worse or worse before it gets better. What I do know and what I take from this weekend's gospel reading is that although there is no easy, obvious Christian answer to the challenges and turmoil we currently face, I can still proclaim to you today the peace of Jesus as the greatest motivator for continuing the good fight to share and show him to the world. He is our Prince of Peace. He enters into the conflict with us. He doesn't send us anywhere that he's not willing to go. And so right now in your front rooms right now, my, my prayer for you is that you are willing to open your hands, that you are willing to open your heart, that you will open your mind and your eyes and everything else that's closed in your world. And you will recognize that Jesus Christ can bring you a peace beyond understanding, that he can, that he can change everything. And so I share with you from this place without the answers I want, without the, the control I desire, I share with you because I believe that Jesus Christ, I believe that Jesus Christ wants me to tell you how much he loves you. He wants me to tell you how, how close he is to you right now. And that maybe what you need to do is just fall upon your knees and just proclaim him. He is a great and powerful God. And so I'm gonna invite you just to spend some time in that. Maybe you just, maybe you just scoot back on your couch, you close your eyes, you just listen to this song that's coming next. You allow God to minister to you. You allow him 
to, to bring that peace in your life. You allow him to, uh, to have some, some triumph over some fears that you're wrestling with, some things that, that you just can't let go. And then I would ask that you would, uh, when the song's over, that you would, you would share what you prayed about, that you would share and chat with Pastor Chris the things that you're, that you're praying about so that we can pray about those things with you because church, we are gonna be together. We are gonna get through this. We are gonna gather once again and we're gonna hug. I, I'm kind of nervous about it because I three seconds is, is all I can handle before it switches into a cuddle as a lot of you know. But I got a feeling that, that there's gonna be a lot of longer than three seconds hugs at the, end of, at the end of all this for all of us because uh, we miss each other. We miss coming together. But I'm here to tell you, I think we'll be stronger because of it. I think we'll be more peace focused. I think our foundation and our depth will be, will be broad and rich. And I think we'll have stories beyond stories to tell of how Jesus uh, met our needs, of how Jesus uh, held us close of how Jesus reminded us of just how much he loves us. I love you guys. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we move into this time of worship, I just pray that you would enter every space that's watching right now, that you would just uh, gather with these people, that you would hear their concerns, that you would hear their cries, that you, you would hear, Lord, the things they say out loud and the things they, 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 that are just sharing from their heart. I ask, Lord, that you would continue to, to meet all of our needs, that you would continue to make yourself known, for you are great and mighty God. We praise you. We lift this time to you now. In Jesus' name, amen.
that every heart would be awakened to cry out your praise, to sing of your goodness, and to bring you all the glory, because only you are worthy of the glory. Lord, be with us through this week. Be with every family, every person watching this morning. pray that you would be continually in our midst. We love you, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, once again, thank you for joining us this morning. We're going to transition to a time of prayer uh, in the comments with Pastor Chris. So we hope that you stick around for that, and we'll see you soon.